Section two of Utopia by Sir Thomas More, translated by Rafe Robinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The first book of the communication of Raphael Hithloday concerning the best state of a commonwealth. The most victorious and triumphant king of England, Henry the Eighth of that name, in all royal virtues a prince most peerless had of late in controversy with charles the right high and mighty king of castile weighty matters and of great importance for the debatement and final determination whereof the king's majesty sent me ambassador into flanders joined in commission with cuthbert tunstall a man doubtless out of comparison and whom the king's majesty of late to the great rejoicing of all men did prefer to the office of master of the rolls but of this man's praises i will say nothing not because i do fear that small credence shall be given to the testimony that cometh out of a friend's mouth but because his virtue and learning be greater and of more excellency than that i am able to praise them and also in all places so famous and so perfectly well known that they need not nor ought not of me to be praised unless i would seem to show and set forth the brightness of the sun with a candle as the proverb saith there met us at bruges for thus it was before agreed they whom their prince had for that matter appointed commissioners excellent men all the chief and the head of them was the margrave as they call him of bruges a right honourable man but the wisest and the best spoken of them was george Thames's provost of castle a man not only by learning but also by nature of singular eloquence and in the laws profoundly learned but in reasoning and debating of matters what by his natural wit and what by daily exercise surely he had few fellows after that we had once or twice met and upon certain points or articles could not fully and thoroughly agree they for a certain space took their leave of us and departed to brussels there to know their prince's pleasure i in the meantime for so my business lay went straight thence to antwerp whiles i was there abiding oftentimes among other but which to me was more welcome than any other did visit me one peter giles a citizen of antwerp a man there in his country of honest reputation and also preferred to high promotions worthy truly of the highest for it is hard to say whether the young man be in learning or in honesty more excellent for he is both of wonderful virtuous conditions and also singularly well learned and towards all sorts of people exceeding gentle but towards his friends so kind-hearted so loving so faithful so trusty and of so earnest affection that it were very hard in any place to find a man that with him in all points of friendship may be compared no man can be more lowly or courteous no man useth less simulation or dissimulation in no man is more prudent simplicity besides this he is in his talk and communication so merry and pleasant yea and that without harm that through his gentle entertainment and his sweet and delectable communication 
in me was greatly abated and diminished the fervent desire that i had to see my native country my wife and my children whom then i did much long and covet to see because that at that time i had been more than four months from them upon a certain day when i had heard the divine service in our lady's church which is the fairest the most gorgeous and curious church of building in all the city and also most frequented of people and the service being done was ready to go home to my lodging i chanced to espy this foresaid peter talking with a certain stranger a man well stricken in age with a black sunburned face a long beard and a cloak cast homely about his shoulders whom by his favour and apparel forthwith i judged to be a mariner but the said peter seeing me came unto me and saluted me and as i was about to answer him see you this man saith he and therewith he pointed to the man that i saw him talking with before i was minded quoth he to bring him straight home to you he should have been very welcome to me said i for your sake nay quoth he for his own sake if you knew him for there is no man this day living that can tell you of so many strange and unknown peoples and countries as this man can and i know well that you be very desirous to hear of such news then i conjectured not far amiss quoth i for even at the first sight i judged him to be a mariner nay quoth he there ye were greatly deceived he hath sailed indeed not as the mariner palinure but as the expert and prudent prince ulysses yea rather as the ancient and sage philosopher plato for this same raphael hithlidae for this is his name is very well learned in the latin tongue but profound and excellent in the greek language wherein he ever bestowed more study than in the latin because he had given himself wholly to the study of philosophy whereof he knew that there is nothing extant in latin that is to any purpose saving a few of seneca's and cicero's doings his patrimony that he was born unto he left to his brethren for he is a portugal born and for the desire that he had to see and know the far countries of the world he joined himself in company with amerigo vespucci and in the three last voyages of those four that be now in print and abroad in every man's hands he continued still in his company saving that in the last voyage he came not home again with him for he made such means and shift what by entreatance and what by importune suit that he got license of master amerigo though it was sore against his will to be one of the twenty-four which in the end of the last voyage were left in the country of julic he was therefore left behind for his mind's sake as one that took more thought and care for travelling than dying having customably in his mouth these sayings he that hath no grave is covered with the sky and the way to heaven out of all places is of like length and distance which fantasy of his if god had not been his better friend he had surely bought full dear but after the departing of master vespucci when he had travelled through and about many countries with five of his companions julicians at the last by marvellous chance he arrived in taprobane 
from whence he went to Caliquit, where he chanced to find certain of his country's ships, wherein he returned again into his country, nothing less than looked for. All this, when Peter had told me, I thanked him for his gentle kindness, that he had vouchsafed to bring me to the speech of that man whose communication he thought should be to me pleasant and acceptable and therewith i turned me to raphael and when we had hailed each other and had spoken these common words that be customably spoken at the first meeting and acquaintance of strangers we went thence to my house and there in my garden upon a bench covered with green turves we sat down talking together there he told us how that after the departing of vespucci he and his fellows that tarried behind in Julic began by little and little, through fair and gentle speech, to win the love and favour of the people of that country, insomuch that within short space they did dwell amongst them, not only harmless, but also occupying with them very familiarly. He told us also that they were in high reputation and favour with a certain great man, whose name and country is now quite out of my remembrance, which of his mere liberality did bear the costs and charges of him and his five companions, and besides that gave them a trusty guide to conduct them in their journey, which by water was in boats, and by land in wagons, and to bring them to other princes with very friendly commendations thus after many days journeys he said they found towns and cities and wheel publics full of people governed by good and wholesome laws for under the line equinoctial and on both sides of the same as far as the sun doth extend his course lieth quoth he great and wide deserts and wildernesses parched burned and dried up with continual and intolerable heat all things be hideous, terrible, loathsome, and unpleasant to behold. All things out of fashion and comeliness, inhabited with wild beasts and serpents, or at the least wise with people that be no less savage, wild, and noisome than the very beasts themselves be. But a little farther beyond that, all things begin by little and little to wax pleasant, the air soft, temperate, and gentle, the ground covered with green grass, less wildness in the beasts. At the last shall ye come again to people, cities, and towns, wherein is continual intercourse and occupying of merchandise and chaffer, not only among themselves and with their borderers, but also with merchants of far countries, both by land and water there I had occasion, said he, to go to many countries on every side for there was no ship ready to any voyage or journey, but I and my fellows were into it very gladly received. The ships that they found first were made plain, flat, and broad in the bottom, trough-wise. The sails were made of great rushes, or of wickers, and in some places of leather. Afterward they found ships with ridged keels, and sails of canvas, yea, and shortly after, having all things like ours. The shipmen also very expert and cunning, both in the sea and in the weather. But he said that he found great favour and friendship among them for teaching them the feet and use of the lodestone, 
which to them before that time was unknown, and therefore they were wont to be very timorous and fearful upon the sea, nor to venture upon it but only in the summer-time. But now they have such a confidence in that stone that they fear not stormy winter, in so doing farther from care than danger, insomuch that it is greatly to be doubted lest that thing through their own foolish hardiness shall turn them to evil and harm which at the first was supposed should be to them good and commodious but what he told us that he saw in every country where he came it were very long to declare neither it is my purpose at this time to make rehearsal thereof but peradventure in another place i will speak of it chiefly such things as shall be profitable to be known as in special be those decrees and ordinances that he marked to be well and wittily provided and enacted among such peoples as do live together in a civil policy and good order for of such things did we busily inquire and demand of him and he likewise very willingly told us of the same but as for monsters because they be no news of them we were nothing inquisitive for nothing is more easy to be found than be barking sillas ravening selinos and lestrigons devourers of people and such like great and incredible monsters but to find citizens ruled by good and wholesome laws that is an exceeding rare and hard thing but as he marked many fond and foolish laws in those new-found lands so he rehearsed divers acts and constitutions whereby these our cities nations countries and kingdoms may take example to amend their faults enormities and errors whereof in another place as i said i will entreat now at this time i am determined to rehearse only that he told us of the manners customs laws and ordinances of the utopians but first i will repeat our former communication by the occasion and as i might say the drift whereof he was brought into the mention of that wheel public for when raphael had very prudently touched divers things that be amiss some here and some there yea very many on both parts and again had spoken of such wise laws and prudent decrees as be established and used both here among us and also there among them as a man so perfect and expert in the laws and customs of every several country as though into what place soever he came guestwise there he had led all his life then peter much marvelling at the man surely master raphael quoth he i wonder greatly why you get you not into some king's court for i am sure there is no prince living that would not be very glad of you as a man not only able highly to delight him with your profound learning and this your knowledge of countries and peoples but also meet to instruct him with examples and help him with counsel and thus doing you shall bring yourself in a very good case and also be of ability to help all your friends and kinsfolk as concerning my friends and kinsfolk quoth he i pass not greatly for them for i think i have sufficiently done my part towards them already for these things that other men do not depart from until they be old and sick yea which they be then very loath to leave when they can no longer keep 
those very same things did i being not only lusty and in good health but also in the flower of my youth divide among my friends and kinsfolks which i think with this my liberality ought to hold them contented and not to require nor to look that besides this i should for their sakes give myself in bondage unto kings nay god forbid that quoth peter it is not my mind that you should be in bondage to kings but as a retainer to them at your pleasure which surely i think is the nighest way that you can devise how to bestow your time fruitfully not only for the private commodity of your friends and for the general profit of all sorts of people but also for the advancement of yourself to a much wealthier state and condition than you be now in to a wealthier condition quoth raphael by that means that my mind standeth clean against now i live at liberty after mine own mind and pleasure which i think very few of these great states and peers of realms can say yea and there be enough of them that sue for great men's friendships and therefore think it no great hurt if they have not me nor three or four such other as i am well i perceive plainly friend raphael quoth i that you be desirous neither of riches nor of power and truly i have in no less reverence and estimation a man of your mind than any of them all that be so high in power and authority but you shall do as it becometh you yea and according to this wisdom to this high and free courage of yours if you can find in your heart so to appoint and dispose yourself that you may apply your wit and diligence to the profit of the wheel public though it be somewhat to your own pain and hindrance and this shall you never so well do nor with so great profit perform as if you be of some great prince's counsel and put into his head as i doubt not but you will honest opinions and virtuous persuasions for from the prince as from a perpetual well-spring cometh among the people the flood of all that is good or evil but in you is so perfect learning that without any experience and again so great experience that without any learning ye may well be any king's counsellor you be twice deceived master more quoth he first in me and again in the thing itself for neither is in me the ability that you force upon me and if it were never so much yet in disquieting mine own quietness i should nothing further the wheel public for first of all the most part of all princes have more delight in warlike matters and feats of chivalry the knowledge whereof i neither have nor desire than in the good feats of peace and employ much more study how by right or by wrong to enlarge their dominions than how well and peaceably to rule and govern that they have already moreover they that be counsellors to kings every one of them either is of himself so wise indeed that he needeth not or else he thinketh himself so wise that he will not allow another man's counsel saving that they do shamefully and flatteringly give assent to the fond and foolish sayings of certain great men whose favours because they be in high authority with their prince by assentation and flattery they labour to obtain 
and verily it is naturally given to all men to esteem their own inventions best so both the raven and the ape think their own young ones fairest then if a man in such a company where some disdain and have despite at other men's inventions and some count their own best if among such men i say a man should bring forth anything that he hath ready done in times past or that he hath seen done in other places there the hearers fare as though the whole existimation of their wisdom were in jeopardy to be overthrown and that ever after they should be counted for very dizzards unless they could in other men's inventions pick out matter to reprehend and find fault at if all other poor helps fail then this is their extreme refuge these things say they pleased our forefathers and ancestors would god we could be so wise as they were and as though they had wittily concluded the matter and with this answer stopped every man's mouth they sit down again as who should say it were a very dangerous matter if a man in any point should be found wiser than his forefathers were and yet be we content to suffer the best and wittiest of their decrees to lie unexecuted but if in anything a better order might have been taken than by them was there we take fast hold finding therein many faults many times have i chanced upon such proud lewd overthwart and wayward judgments yea and once in england i pray you sir quoth i have you been in our country yea forsooth quoth he and there i tarried for the space of four or five months together not long after the insurrection that the western englishmen made against their king which by their own miserable and pitiful slaughter was suppressed and ended in the mean season i was much bound and beholding to the right reverend father john morton archbishop and cardinal of canterbury and at that time also lord chancellor of england a man master peter for master moore knoweth already that i will say not more honourable for his authority than for his prudence and virtue he was of a mean stature and though stricken in age yet bare he his body upright in his face did shine such an amiable reverence as was pleasant to behold gentle in communication yet earnest and sage he had great delight many times with rough speech to his suitors to prove but without harm what prompt wit and what bold spirit were in every man in the which as in a virtue much agreeing with his nature so that therewith were not joined impudency he took great delectation and the same person as apt and meet to have an administration in the wheel public he did lovingly embrace in his speech he was fine eloquent and pithy in the law he had profound knowledge in wit he was incomparable and in memory wonderful excellent these qualities which in him were by nature singular he by learning and use had made perfect the king put much trust in his counsel the wheel public also in a manner leaned unto him when i was there for even in the chief of his youth he was taken from school into the court 
and there passed all his time in much trouble and business being continually tumbled and tossed in the waves of divers misfortunes and adversities and so by many and great dangers he learned the experience of the world which so being learned cannot easily be forgotten end of section two